0: Hi everyone! Hello. Welcome to episode two of our podcast, where each week we watch a film that is new to the two of us. We started last week with uh, the year that we were born, uh, and then we'll be running chronologically through to the present day, watching the film of each year. Uh, before we record each episode, um, neither of us know what each other thought of the film that we're talking about, and at the end of this episode we'll be um choosing the film that we that we watch this week and talk about next week so uh my name's sam chris do you want to uh introduce yourself yeah
1: hello um my name's chris i'm a 40 year old male
0: so chris is 40 i'm uh, 38 um due to a clerical error we we did actually start last week in 1983 which is the Year after Chris was born, the year before yeah. I was born.
1: Not so much uh, a te- not so much a clerical error, more production pressures. Pressures of okay. um, recording, um, but I've decided not to be bitter about it anymore, Sam. That's that's big. That's very big of you.
0: I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad about that. You.
1: Even though technically, I haven't been a. I haven't been born. I didn't well, or I didn't get my birthright of starting on our film, but yeah. that doesn't matter. Um, and should we say what last last week or last session we started on? Nineteen eighty-three, which was local hero.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And this week we chose um, Love Streams by John Cassavetes.
0: Yes, and we were both very excited about that film. You had a list of films. Um, we, we we kind of shortened a, a longer list down to a short list of, uh, of two or three films, I think. Um, love Streams came out on top, but what happened then, Chris? Uh,
1: love Streams doesn't stream, it turns out. So couldn't stream it. Went to buy the DVD um, and and ordered it for the cost of 19 pound gbp uh right. including postage and then the email comes through saying it would be delivered on the 6th of march so cancelled that cancelled that production pressures production pressures again on the podcast plus budget budget we haven't even yeah we haven't even thought about the budgetary um concerns we might run into so Well,
0: I just say this, we're we're running it on a shoestring.
1: That's a good uh, way to put it. That's a good way to put it. And then, so I cancelled that. And then I looked at the other films on the list. And I decided on a film called Repo Man. Um, So, yeah, Sam, do you want to introduce the film?
0: Yes. So, 1984, Repo Man. Repo Man is sorry, directed sorry. by... Sorry,
1: right, Can I stop you there? Before we discuss Repo Man, I just got um a minor concern.
0: Go on, what's your concern? Just
1: that... So this is called the Midlife Film Catch-Up and...
0: It's important to say that because we haven't said that yet.
1: Okay, so that's the name of the podcast, but um, my feeling is... My feeling is this is... We're taking this opportunity in the middle of our lives to catch up on films that we'd never got to see before, which on the one hand, I think that's important. But um, on the other hand, on the other hand, is it, is it like, you know, our minds are already very busy as people. Are we just filling them with more needless content, more media? downloading more information to our brain when at this juncture most people would be either changing career or writing the great unfinished novel of the 20th century or um getting in touch with themselves spiritually so uh you know uh, whilst we're recording this are we in fact staring into the abyss without you know without even realizing it
0: well, I've got a couple of uh, answers to to that. Yeah, and you know, I I understand your concern. Yeah, but I see, I very much see the podcast as the twenty first century novel. Right. So, yeah, could could the midlife film catch up be the great the great novel of our time? This
1: could be the next Doctor Shyvago, War and Peace doesn't have to be Russia. Yeah. 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 It's not going to, well,
0: I mean, but you know, Russia will be a theme, especially in the, uh, in the eighties. And I also think that we'll be wrestling with issues. Spiritual. Right. We'll be wrestling with issues of life, Mm. love and career during these, uh, and we'll call them sessions. We will yeah, you know, I noticed you called them sessions before and like I think they are sessions, you know, it's
1: like therapy. It's as much
0: It's as much therapy as it is a review. Okay, good. Of a film.
1: Well that's good to hear. I just I was reminded this week of um an aphorism that I like. It's the the mind creates the abyss, but the heart crosses it. You know, I and my, my yeah. worry was with the downloading of media to our brains, content films, are we dealing in matters of the mind or are we dealing in matters of the heart? Um,
0: uh, can I say both? Yeah. And I'd also say that I agree with you. There's a lot, there's a lot of noise, but I think what the, um, midlife film catch up does is create a space where, there's less noise, and it also channels a very specific yeah. noise Yeah, this week, Repo Man. Yes. Repo Man is a 1984 film uh, directed by Alex Cox uh it stars Emilio Estevez as a disenfranchised young punk in LA who um has been uh sacked from his job at a supermarket he's um broken up with his girlfriend and by happenstance he runs into Harry Dean Stanton's uh light character who is a uh who who works for a repossession company so a repossession company um, repossess cars in this instance um, when people have debts outstanding hmm.
1: um, default on their payments
0: default on the payments uh, Estevez Otto uh, is first uh, he's got some resistance to uh, this this life this uh, career choice but he soon jumps in with both feet falls in love with the, the money the action um, and then what transpires what the what happens in the film is that the uh the repo men uh estevez and some other um dodgy characters are looking specifically for a chevy malibu mm. which uh in the in a trunk which uh, trunk is american for
1: boots yeah good shout good shout and tell listeners that yeah mm-hmm. boots mm-hmm. um glove box but, glove compartment compartment um Shift gears. A lot of um, American cars are shift gears. Shift gears,
0: yeah. And in, um, in Hong
1: Kong they use shift gears as well. The taxi drivers, okay. yeah. Yeah.
0: And what's the difference between shift gears and not and what we know as gears?
1: Um like I think we would just say we just use like a manual gearbox, but they have like where your windscreen wipers are, they they have a gear that they shift to change uh, gear. And also okay. they might say parking brake
0: instead of um handbrake
1: yeah yeah exactly they call a tram a sidecar yeah and there's a streetcar i'm
0: gonna say there's absolutely there's no no excuse for that oh no streetcar's fine isn't it yeah sidecar is something completely
1: different that's probably to do with a motorbike like um the hairy bikers
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. Actually I think the hairy bikers do they do have a bike each do they? I don't think either. i I think yeah, I'm uh... I think I'm
1: getting them mixed up with the the two plump ladies, the you... two late the fat two fat ladies. Yes, yeah. And they have a motorbike and sidecar. And they're and they That's and true. they're like chefs also. Yeah,
0: yeah. The yeah. you know, trail for the uh, the hairy bikers, some say, don't they?
1: Yeah, I mean have did the hairy bikers gazump them? You know, yeah, did they? Did they think one of the two fat ladies
0: one of the two fat ladies pass away.
1: Oh, dear. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think, I think let's we've gone a bit. Um, no, yeah.
0: Okay. So let's uh, that's that's the premise of the film. Um, quick thoughts. Go on, can I Can me. I just
1: say, Sam, I thought that synopsis was really good.
0: Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. 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 Thank um, you. Summed
1: it up nicely. Did we? Did you mention? Did before I interrupted you? Did you mention that there was a, some sort of alien life force in the trunk? In the yeah. So in I the sure trunk, we got to actually. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it, the very in the very opening scene of the film, um, someone opens a trunk of this this car, the the Chevy Malibu, and they get vaporized. Mm. Long and short of it. Mm um there's some kind of extraterrestrial form in the boot of the car um mm. I'm gonna say I, I um I, I like the film I I, I really like the film the, the more I've thought about it since which is you know one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast I, I've thought about it a lot over the last few days mm. and um I've appreciated it more and more
1: mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah what did you think of it uh Jennifer Patterson and Clarissa Dixon Wright both passed away. Mm. The two fat ladies. Yep. Yeah. Two fat yeah. ladies. Yeah. Right. Um I'd say rest in peace. Um I'd say that um I'd say that it wasn't the best film ever. And I'd say that I guess I came with some baggage, let's be honest. I guess I came with some baggage approaching this film. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it was a film that was in the video shop uh, in Crosby growing up. Used to see the front cover. Mm -hmm. Always wanted to see it as a 10-year-old through to my early teens. Um, I believe I had a little booklet that came free with Empire Magazine, the top 100 films to watch or something like this. That was one of them.
0: Sight and sound you
1: said last week. Sight and well, I I was actually getting mixed up with movie, and they it was like a Moob, which is very different because uh, they're trying <laughs> to sell you something. So movie it was a movie list of the top films of 1984. Okay, yeah, and that right. was in there, but it did actually ah. get really well. It was really well written about by the critics at the time, and yeah, so it it, it occupied a space in my imagination for. The best part of thirty years, but mm-hmm. I put it on, expecting a lot, and um, and and uh, again, and again, it, some of my fears from last week's last session's film meandering, sort of madcap high jinks capers, which 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 don't I'm not really a fan of the caper film mm-hmm. where everyone's chasing mm-hmm. an object around and disparate groups keep bumping into each other and having little scuffles and um, and uh, getting on each other's nerves and it was a bit, but um, I agree with you that I finished the film last night and the more I think about it, the more it grows on me because it presents some sort of like a counter-cultural, anti-capitalist consumerist sort of messages
0: absolutely yeah Uh, have you ever heard the phrase um let's unpack this no
1: i like that is that your is that is that yours
0: no it's quite it's quite widely used so what so you'll see something and then people will immediately think oh well there's a lot a lot to this yeah there's a lot of different themes there's a lot of different things going on there's ways of um there's ways of um translating what what is in is in the content so then this then people will say let's unpack this I really like that so I think with this with Reaper Man there's a lot to unpack
1: there is yeah yeah there is and what would you say are the things that have been packaged up like in what kind of themes and motifs or messages are you getting from it
0: um well from reading um or before even watching it i saw i saw that a lot of people say that it's a satire of reaganism yeah
1: which i don't i know you know obviously know he's a president and mm-hmm. sh- and he shared values with margaret thatcher but i don't know much more yeah. than that but
0: me neither but i think we can I, I think we can pretty much say that reagan and thatcher were interchangeable so we're talking the 80s the age of the individual a kind of mm. you know a moral compass that has um shifted from maybe earlier values um and i think with with repo man what you're looking at what with with the repossession game that um that the, the guys are in you, you, to, you you're you dealing with legal essentially legalized theft
1: mm. yeah yeah
0: um so I think I think straight away there's there's this idea of legalized theft. There's um, Harry Dean Stanton's character talks quite quite soon about uh, the repo Code. Yes. Uh, how he, how not many people these days live by a code. Mm. Um, and at the, in the same scene, I think he's there snorting speed, <laughs> um, and the 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 code is a lot about protecting the property that they're repossessing. Um, there's there's little yeah. evidence of, of that happening and you know there's it's quite obvious that no one in this film is living by any kind of code they're not adhering to any kind of code and yeah there's uh there's there's little um the only ambitions people have are to make it make a lot of money for people i think and yes you know, estevez bless him yeah He's disenfranchised with the punk movement mm-hmm. i'd like to talk a lot i'd like to talk about the punk yeah, m- movement. Me too me too um and then he's you know he thinks he's got something to believe in with uh with this Reaper job yeah um but that that goes to goes to pop
1: yeah yeah i like i like, it was subtle it was a satire but it wasn't like as clearly presented i i think as of the way perhaps it was directed or edited. It, the the satirical jokes weren't that obviously in your face and mm. it was all quite quickly paced that uh, I think I did spend a quarter, a third of it watching it, not getting the satirical elements, but they, they were throughout really, weren't they?
0: Yeah, and I suppose what you said then about it being in a, in a video shop in the uh, late 80s, mm. early 90s, mm. You know, this is a time when people were watching films over and over again, which maybe doesn't happen as much anymore. And I think Mm. this has definitely become a cult film, and that's that's probably why there's, as I said, there's a lot to unpack. There's Mm. a lot. There's a lot of. I like that. There's a lot of good. uh, There's a lot of good quotes in there. Um, there's interesting characters. There's Mm. uh, talking about interesting characters. Um, what did you think to the uh, Miller character, who was a kind of, Mm. um, philosopher
1: mechanic yes uh he, he i'd say that he was one of my favorite characters in it and he had one of the best scenes in it where him and Esther fez are standing by an oil drum and they're just burning stuff yeah. and he just goes on a big sort of um kind of like when you meet people who've taken a lot of acid or something uh, mm-hmm. he just like interweaving connecting all these different things and just philosophizing and
0: it's a brilliant scene. I watched great. it before we yeah. uh, we came on to this call. He talks about a, a lattice of coincidences that mm. um, are over everything. He talks about um, everybody's into weirdness these days. Mm. Yeah. Um, and he talks about, he says there's no difference between flying saucers and time machines. Yeah.
1: He said that aliens, um, what they do is they, they, they beam people up to their ships and then drop them in. The past, and then they take people from the past and beam them up and drop them in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: A yeah. brilliant, brilliant scene. I liked
1: his ideas, um, yeah. And and, and uh, he uh, at, the beginning,
0: at the beginning of that scene, um, we see um so there's this book, um Diuretics, yeah, which is uh is a, a spoof of um the Scientology book Dianetics, yeah. Um so if he throws that in the fire and that's when um that's when Miller goes on his um goes on his diatribe.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, 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 the Scientology stuff. Yeah, Ron L. Hubbard, is that it? He, he he invented a religion because he he he's Ron L. Hubbard has written more uh pages, more books than Shakespeare okay he, he's advanced. written more volume of work than shakespeare um and then he got to a stage in his life where he wasn't he was like okay i've made loads of, i've i've exhausted lit writing and made loads of money on it but i'm not making enough how can i make more money oh mm-hmm. i can invent a religion and then he invented scientology
0: well there you go that that chimes very much with these themes that we're talking about as well yeah it? Yeah. Something to believe in,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, making money. Yeah. Elrond Hubbard, spaceships. I think yeah. Dianetics is all about, there's there's something in there about tab people with space people and tablets, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah.
1: This is a film where basically they throw all ideas at the wall and it somehow works. Yeah. And they throw all these different movie genres together. Like buddy movie, um, what else would be in there? A caper, a chase, um, a, a mm-hmm. bit of action, sat sci-fi. satire, sci-fi, uh, and it all kind of works. But but the mm-hmm. character who played what did you say his name was Miller? Mm-hmm. The actor who played him is famous. I I re- I only realised that today that he played Bob in the film Batman, nineteen eighty nine which is the henchman the lead henchman of the joker right okay <laughs> he was a big part of my childhood that character
0: right okay yeah yeah i was more batman returns than uh yeah. than batman i've i've got to say yeah um, but you know good yeah good good franchise but he
1: yeah yeah but he was a great actor in this film and i i liked the way he was uh rubbished, he was poo pooed as the mad crazy mechanic on the repossession lot. But then by the time by the time it came to the ending of the film where they got in the car, the car started glowing green. They had these like three religious figures approach the car in order to go into the car. Like there was a, a Christian priest, an authored, the, the... Authored, yeah.
0: Sorry, the, the, that's the telly, the, te- the television the television uh, evangelist.
1: Television evangelist. Um, there was an Orthodox uh, Jew, and I can't remember the third one, but they approached this glowing radioactive alien car to get into it in order to go and, I don't know, meet their maker or something. And then they're all like a streak of fire rejects them from entering. And then the only one who's allowed to enter the car from that point was the, this mad, crazy mechanic. With all these ideas about aliens and,
0: right, and stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 ending, I think, yeah. The end is the film does just get crazy and crazy, doesn't it? And then the ending itself is mm. apparently there was two, two endings, yeah. two possible endings yeah. to the film. There was that and another one where the whole city of LA just gets wiped out. Yeah, which points to another theme, I think, of uh, apocalypse.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, that was in there.
0: So we're in nineteen eighty four it's cold war time. Yeah. Um, this is, this is Reaganism, isn't it? Yeah. That was in uh, there. Yeah.
1: Atomic age, nuclear war.
0: It's at the forefront of people's minds.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I, um, yeah, I, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on the hardcore punk music in this film.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm a hardcore punk fan.
1: Me, uh, me neither. Me neither.
0: Yeah. Um, who's who, who's that who's the guy who's um it's so black flag yeah what's the, what's the guy call that a black flag henry
1: henry up. rollins
0: henry henry rollins yeah. yeah you know i'm i'm aware of his um place in in culture and you know he's a, a much respected pet. He, he does spoken word to us and yeah, they you know, yeah. each to their own, to their own I'm, really i'm happy for him to
1: do that i mean um, good for, good for him
0: Yes. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. And there's a, um, I I wouldn't
1: say this to his face, but I just find him a bit of a try hard.
0: Yeah. He's a big man. Um, but he's out of shape. He's a big man, but he's Um, out of
1: shape. Takes himself very seriously and he's very principled and he's got good principles. It turns out in some ways, you know, supportive of, um, gay rights and, uh, he's anti-racist, uh, but he's uh but he he kind of lacks a bit of a sense of humor
0: yeah i can i can see that yeah Yeah. yeah. without knowing that much about him but but on the on the flip side um iggy pop is it was a you know one of the um forebears of punk the punk movement Mm -hmm. um he he wrote the theme tune to repo man Mm -hmm. i've just i've just listened to it in full and it's a uh, I I mean I I was thinking about this. And I was thinking I don't really know Chris's um. F- to to me you're more of um, you're more a fan of the kind of, you're a new romantic, you're a um disco baby. Yeah, I wouldn't really associate you with punk, Chris. Um, whereas you know me, I am, yeah. I'm, I'm punk through and through. Um, Can I
1: shock you? Can I Go on. can I shock you? Um yeah, yeah I I love punk. Right yeah. okay. And I'm 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 a bit shocked that you say that uh I'm I'm not punk and you are, and you are really punk. Cuz I cuz well, I cause I of... I see it the other way around. Yeah.
0: I'm kind of Cuz last week we, you know... last
1: week we did say that you were a comp- company man through and through
0: i'm a company man but as long as that company is anti-establishment
1: right okay yeah yeah as, actually, as long as they're a cultural organization or a charity
0: yeah which, which is
1: charity sector in some, some ways culture sector
0: sticking it yeah you know it stick you know i'm yeah. i'm basically like, like i could see myself in estavez mm. i would also fall in love with the code the repo code and become a repo man so I, I could see the uh yeah i can see the value in it yeah well
1: <laughs> that's interesting i mean i i i love punk and i have got semi long hair i've got a mustache sometimes a beard um i yeah i try not to live a 9 to 5 life and um occasionally i like to burn things or smash things so i th- i i do and i love english punk music um and i love the punk diy ethos uh but i really dislike hardcore american punk
0: yeah so hardcore american punk um you know let's
1: black flag circle
0: jerks
1: circle jerks they were in it weren't they um, so the
0: Circle Jacks are in the lounge, and yeah. uh, the, the, this lounge scene, and uh, Esteves says, "I can't believe I used to be into these guys." Yeah. So this is part of Esteves distancing himself from the punk movement. Yeah. Um, however, he does. He, he says to at the end, he says, "You're a white suburban punk like me," to his
1: uh, friend who's dying. Yeah. Um, yeah. He which, does. yeah, which kind of sums it up a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. And maybe if you were to find me dying in your arms, that's what you'd say to me. Yeah.
1: I would say the line again.
0: You're a white suburban punk like me. Yeah, I would say that to you. Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of what you were saying then, I'd associate more with the hippie movement than the uh, punk movement. Which? which, which? I mean, it's all counterculture, isn't it? You you talked Mm -hmm. about uh, long hair, Mm -hmm. beard, sometimes a moustache.
1: Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, I'd say I'd you know, say I'm countercultural yeah. more than I am punk. But when I listen to music, I want to hear the mistakes. I want to hear, I want to hear a dirty production value or lack of production value, and I don't want to hear something polished.
0: What about um, Steve Reich? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah, you've got me there. I mean, but he he mm-hmm. is a minimalist composer rather than punk. Yeah, yeah. I, what about? I mean, he he I he, ma- he makes good music about trains, doesn't he? That's true. That's true. Him, um, him and Ringo Starr.
0: Okay. Well, you know, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm right. relieved. I'm relieved that you're that like me. You you yeah. you punk through and through.
1: That's, I mean, that's yeah, good. I am. I am. The problem with hardcore punk, American punk, is I think um, our friend Carl Roberts said of Black Flag that there's no melody to them, or something like that. Right. Well, I, yeah. I
0: listened to the, one of their songs um, before we <laughs> before we came on oh, air. His voice, voice, uh,
1: voice isn't good, or something. We were in the park. We were talking about it in the park. You mean him?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that TV party, uh, so. Mm. Estevez at the beginning is saying the words from a, a song called TV Party by Black Flag and I, I was mm. surprised I was um surprised by how much I liked it to be okay. honest so maybe maybe this is going to be a new direction for me
1: <laughs> You're going to start dressing in Black Flag um t-shirts
0: Yeah maybe maybe yeah Well what
1: what yeah. I don't like is well I I'll have to listen to that song after that after this What I don't like about hardcore American punk is that it kind of like took English punk and then, or British punk, and then it went in a really macho direction, which is typically American. And then after that, a a lot of parts of it went into straight edge culture as well. Right. I think it's really. I've gotten no time for straight edge culture. Sorry, I can't say that. I can't say that word on this. I'll bleep, bleep it.
0: it yeah. Alex Cox, the uh, director. So there's a one of the opening scenes in this film is a there's um there's one of Estevez's friends has a uh, Sid Vicious t-shirt on. It says "I did it my way."
1: Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, Two yeah. Two
0: years after this film, um, Cox directed the film Sid and Nancy. Correct. A biopic about
1: uh, Sid Vicious. Which I've Nancy which I've from. watched in a cinema one time, and it was just I had Have you seen it? VHS. Did you? I don't. VHS. What did you yeah. think of it?
0: Um I, I liked it at the time, you know, but you, like I say, I, I'm punked through and through. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I like the I like the film. I like the way that it was it, it was left that you didn't know if he'd done it or not.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh
0: that kind of thing stays with you, doesn't mm-hmm. it? And then at the end there's that song, isn't there? There's uh, Vicious doing my way.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is great.
0: But, but go on, what
1: do you what do you Which think? Which is at the end that? of Goodfellas as well. Um uh yeah, that film I thought it was I thought it's similar to this film. I couldn't quite grasp it all, and and because he uh, doesn't, I guess that director and writer doesn't tell stories in a linear uh, way, uh, or not linear, but in a using the conventions of Hollywood or or other mm. filmmaking. So it's all quite meandering. It's all yeah. I think that's that's it. It's meandering. So uh, and it's it's more yeah more about. He's more about textures and flavors of things. Like he get, in mm-hmm. Repo Man, he gives you flavors of. I, I really got the sense of LA in oh, 1984, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I thought that was and that's and I got flavors of all these things. Got you know he presents the music, he presents the consumerism, he presents a look, different looks, different groups of people, and then I felt that in Sid and Nancy as well. Like he just gives you a uh, yeah textures of stuff. And I feel like I'm watching like something very, uh, of a time, uh, mm-hmm. or or as in the case of Sid, Nan- Sid and Sid Nancy trying to recreate a certain time, and doing it quite mm-hmm. doing it quite well. But I wasn't I wasn't that gripped by Sid and Nancy either in a way. Hmm.
0: Well, it was one of those films that I probably do watch a few a few times because I had the Could, I had the video. Would
1: did you um did you have piercings?
0: Um, just, uh, navel and, um, yeah. what's it, what's the top of your
1: ear? What's that? Lo- no, the opposite place to the lobe.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh, so I just have navel and opposite lobe. What's
1: um, the, what's the, what's the navel again? Belly button. Belly button. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I have, yeah. a. I have, a, I kind of have an outie. So yeah.
1: Did that make it e- that easier. That makes it
0: more punk. Makes it, it just makes it more punk. They, they just say that, that if you have a naval piercing and an outie, then that's pretty much as punk as you can get yeah. but without without getting a um what they call Prince Albert. But we were, <laughs> we were going to Prince Albert. Um, All right. the film that this film reminded me of the most.
1: Um, can you give me any sort of clue?
0: It's It was made in the last, I'm going to say, 15 years, and it's uh, widely discredited, and I think unfairly
1: so. Howard the Duck?
0: N- no, I think that was made Mystery Men. more than 15 years. N- I, no, I, I should, love that film. what you think of. Yeah, yeah. I
1: love that film. Um, a widely discredited film.
0: You might not have seen seen this film. Yeah. Um we talked about one of the stars of this film. Two of the stars of this film yeah. uh, last in the last episode.
1: And what, what country are they from? We might have what we might have talked about yeah. this film actually. What?
0: Um they're both Americans.
1: Is one of them Esteves?
0: No. Okay. No, okay,
1: no. okay. No. What film is it?
0: Dude where's my car? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Great film.
0: And yeah. can you see the similarities?
1: Yes, I can. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. That's like they've taken this and they've made a Hollywood comedy out of it.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah. aliens, uh, a car, chasing a car yeah. around, two people. Yeah, Sean William Scott and Ashton Kutchner. And yeah, uh, I think I...
0: Flipping L.
1: Excuse my French, please bleep that. I dreamt about Ashton Kutcher last night. <laughs> wow. Yeah,
0: do you think that's a, like yeah. a subcon, yeah. Yeah, subconscious um, connecting Repo Man to Dude, Where's My Cat?
1: <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. So in my dream, it was something to do with the MTV program Punked, and we were
0: which he used to present, which he
1: used to present, and we were punking someone. No, he was getting punked himself, and so he was getting punked himself. And th- that's as much as I can really remember, to be honest.
0: Well, the interesting thing there is, it all comes back to that word, punk.
1: Yeah, yeah, true. Wow, I mean, things in a, in a sense, just like the film tells you, everything is interconnected in a lattice.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's it's not necessarily a coincidence. Is that what is that what Miller was saying? No. Do you notice that all the um, the Reaper men were named after beers?
1: Yeah, I I didn't notice it, but I read it. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, me too.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: um, another another interesting fact about this film: it was produced by a monkey.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you now, Michael Nesmith. Mm-hmm. Can you yeah, can you yeah. explain what you mean by that?
0: So, Michael Nesmith was in a um, a manufactured pop group uh, from the 1960s called uh, The Monkeys. Uh, another um underappreciated band mm-hmm. fantastic band yeah um yeah. and he was uh, michael nesmith from the monkeys uh produced repo man along with uh, other films there's you know there's a uh, rich history of musicians getting involved in uh, the production game isn't there yeah
1: definitely and wasn't he someone who rebelled he was a bit countercultural in the end even though he's part right. of a manufactured pop group or something I think he was. Uh, yeah, I mean, in didn't didn't they? Um, or was it the monkeys themselves? They decided to after they'd done a few successful albums, they decided to record a, quite a wacky, out there counterculture. There's a film called Head. Yeah, that's it.
0: There's a film called Head that's a very psychedelic, trippy film, mm. but uh, by the monkeys. That's mm. well, but, have I seen it? The soundtrack's brilliant. I, I
1: listened to the soundtrack last year. Yeah, yeah.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. Mm. Um, and just on this soundtrack. Uh, I really loved the uh, Iggy pop um theme theme music. Mm-hmm. I really loved the um the cover of the modern lovers song Pablo Picasso, uh which is apparently by a short lived American punk band called uh, Burning Sensation. Um which I'm gonna try oh, okay. and um explore more. Um and I also actually really liked that that um Circle Jacks performance that um it was maligned yeah. by Estevez in the in the lounge scene.
1: Me too. They were dressed in ruffles and dinner suits and doing a sort of a lounge act, a really bad lounge act.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, but I I I enjoyed that. Yeah.
1: No, I did. I did. Um shall we do ratings very quickly for cinematography? Um
0: yeah. Yeah. Cinematography. So just, just an interesting point in cinematographer. Do you remember we had, um, lunch dinner mm-hmm. in a, a <laughs> in a place called the yeah. third cafe It used to be green days cafe on La Claire. Yes. And there was a yeah. big yeah. poster and you looking at the poster and you think you were trying to work out what the poster was, what film the poster was for. Yeah. And it was for a, a German film called the American friend
1: with Dennis Hopper. Oh, right. I don't remember that moment and that poster, but yeah, I know what you, yeah.
0: So that okay. film was on, uh, I think it was film four or something last year. Uh, and it's, it's a really, it's it's a really good film. Um, and mm. Alex Cox chose his cinematographer on the basis of that film. So it's a guy called Robbie Muller.
1: M- Muller, yeah. Uh,
0: and another another connection here is that they initially wanted Dennis Hopper to play the part of the the guy who's driving the um, Malibu.
1: Yeah, that's true. And they also wanted the studio wanted Mick Jagger to play the part of Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah, part, I but... can't
0: imagine that at all. Can you?
1: No, I can't. I can't. And and something I read is that Harry Dean Stanton was arguing all the time with the director and at odds with the director, um, arguing about everything he could and not learning his lines and stuff, and insisting on using a real baseball bat for the ba- for the scuffles rather than a plastic baseball bat like the rest of the cast. But the only way the director could get him on board with things was by saying, D- Robbie wants it. Robbie was Robert was the cinematographer, and Harry Dean Stanton really respected the cinematographer. Right. So, so... It, it, the director would get him to do what he wants by saying, oh, it's what the cinematographer wants. You've got to do it for him. And then he would do it
0: right. Okay, and he and they worked together on Paris, Texas, the same the same year.
1: The, the cinematographer and Harding, Harry Dean Stanton.
0: Yeah, HDS. Yeah,
1: interesting. HDS. He, um, from what I've read about his argumentative nature on this film set, mm. he sounds like a very like he sounds like a very funny character in that he's very rebellious mm-hmm. and for, for 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 no real reason. <laughs> And uh, he's, all, uh, as well as being really rebellious, he's also tamed quite easily. Yeah, yeah. And subdued quite easily, so it's kind of an interesting...
0: Yeah, he's like... um Character. He's sort of punk in a way, but he's also a bit like um a, monk, Forgetful. a monkey as well, isn't he? Also a bit like a monkey.
1: Career. Yeah, he kind of operates on a bit of a short-term memory, <laughs> yeah. where he'll rebel against stuff, but then they'll find ways around. He'll just go, oh, yeah, okay, I'll do that.
0: yeah fantastic actor though isn't he HDS he's
1: brilliant yeah HDS is great and um, yeah I, I do love him so so um,
0: sorry cinematography um, yeah I, I really enjoyed the um, I, th- I thought that was there was a real apocalyptic sense to that as I can't think of hardly any scenes where there's many people like mulling, m- milling around mm. LA it's all very sparse mm. Stack, mm. um mm-hmm. landscapes la like suburban la i guess um, i i I,
1: lo- I loved it yeah 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 i i think i'd give it nine out of ten
0: yeah um okay w- rating do we what do we give ratings to
1: S- cinematography
0: okay i'll give it um also i don't really like giving ratings to be honest i
1: um I'd give it nine out of ten. Okay, you give it nine out of ten. What else are we giving ratings to? Um the story. Mm, that's an interesting story one. Isn't telling. It? Go on, you go first. I'd give that seven out of ten.
0: Yeah. Um yeah. If
1: yeah. I was to give ratings I yeah. would as well. <laughs> <laughs> um and I've got a fact for you. Go on. Yeah. I mean we've already done quite a few facts. So I wrote down Three of the interesting ones, so I might have three, mm-hmm. but I'll go for the most interesting one to me. Is that this director is from Bebington on what? the Wirral? Yeah, yeah, he's British, and um he moved back to Liverpool between I think nineteen ninety five and two thousand and seven.
0: Right. Okay. Right?
1: Wow. So, so you you will have been here, and he. And I was on his Wikipedia and he made a short film called I'm a juvenile delinquent jail me. It's a a parody of reality TV as in I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Yes. With an exclamation mark. It's called I'm a juvenile delinquent jail me a parody of um, reality TV and youth crime, the hysteria around youth crime. And I was like, why does that title ring a bell to me? And then It was produced by someone called Sol Papadopoulos, who is the head of a production company in Liverpool called Hurricane Films. That you worked for? Yeah, I I was an intern with them for a few months in 2012, 2013. Wow. So a bit of a connection there to the director in a really weird way. And the soundtrack to that film was by Pete Wiley.
0: To I'm a juvenile delinquent, jail me. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> Wiley. Pete Wiley.
1: The the mighty Wah.
0: So he, is he the? He's not the big uh, conspiracy guy, is he?
1: Don't think so. Let's as not far go. As I know. Let's not go. Down let's road. not good. down that road. No. We could end up. We um, could end up getting in trouble. Getting in trouble
0: here.
1: It, um. He also yeah.
0: made a film called Reaper Chick.
1: Yeah, on green screen though. I mean, it I think there was a awful. big, big, big drop in quality from this director. Yeah, yeah, He's... from his second or third film, it really went south.
0: Yeah, you got to question his um, his choices after after this, yeah. this period.
1: Yeah, well, uh, that's my fact, and I could probably squeeze in one more quick fact: is that the direct the director did a re-edit for TV, um, and To where they, you know, where they in the eighties, they used to overdub the bad language. Okay, yeah. So instead of "f you," it would be "forget you," which I remember from Robocop. Um, and the this the as well as this being having a cult following, this film, the TV edit had a cult following because the director overdubbed the bad language with really absurd, intentionally, deliberately absurd phrases. Wow. Things. yeah that's
0: great isn't it that's that's uh that's the punks as a punk that's i really punk. respect that
1: that's the sort of thing you would do yeah to this yeah podcast
0: yeah wait till you hear the uh the edit yeah. of this podcast uh yeah. i've just got one i'll just do one quick fact uh yeah. you might be able to enlighten us on this yeah um there's a running the there's a running motif in the film um like those little tree air fresheners yeah uh Miller says there's you'll find one in every car you see them throughout the film um, yeah. apparently they were a the company who produced those are, were a sponsor of the film
1: oh that's funny yeah so not your Cartier watches not your Louis Vuitton
0: so i can only assume that this film like it was all Nes Smith's money he said things yeah. to um Cox like Tell me who you want as your cinematographer. I'll get I'll get them. Um, yeah. And then there's the, another sponsor of the film was some kind of, like a no-frills brand, of which there were very few in the 80s. So you'll see them drinking the beers that just says beer on the can and uh, yeah. like meat flavour.
1: I I, I, I I read the same thing, but I don't believe they were a sponsor of the film.
0: There's some kind I of... Think they, I, I think between.
1: they were... They were they were parod, parodying that because I think that No Frills brand in America, they made beer and a couple of other things. But in this film, they went the extra mile and they had loads of things that were No Frills, like the gin, mm-hmm. the cornflakes, the cereal. The, yeah, and a few other things to the ketchup. Um, so they created more of them.
0: Right, okay. And there's a kind of yeah. anti-consumerism message in there, isn't there?
1: Well, like what it sounds like is that uh, uh, during the decline in the economy around that time in America, people were buying all these no-frills things with the, the packaging is just a white label. It's written beer on it or something. So I think in this film they were saying that uh, it's a shame that we're all having to live off this kind of crap or something. So
0: okay, so it's the opposite of what I was thinking. It's 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 almost like a pro-consumer it's almost like oh isn't it a yeah. shame that we, we haven't got big brands anymore or we can't afford something, big
1: brands? yeah that's why i was confused about something like that they're kind of saying it's a shame that we don't have much individuality individual choice and we're just doing drinking this sort of almost communist stuff because no one's got any money well um even when we were meant to be leaders of the free world or something
0: hds says um it doesn't allow any was it was it HDS or was it one of the other repo men says he doesn't allow any Christians or commies in his car? Yeah. That was good, wasn't it? Okay, Chris, so every week we ask uh, two questions on this podcast. One is what would you do if you were the lead protagonist in the film and the other one is what were our lives like at the uh on the year of release um mm-hmm. so go on you shoot if you were Esteves, if you were otto how that would you otto. go about
1: it in in repo man if you were otto in
0: repo man yeah i, get,
1: I dis- guess uh, yeah yeah in LA, uh, Los Angeles. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, you yeah.
0: Know, I mean, you may or may not be a different dis- disenfranchised punk. It's you. You might be a.
1: Well, but I, I start. I am Est- I am Otto. I am dis. I start out as the main character. I guess is what depends. Okay. I guess I'd just probably try and get. Probably go to the Getty, art gallery, or what's that observatory? They go to in. Um, La La Land, the Griffith Observatory, Hollywood. But Hollywood, Hollywood um, yeah.
0: So these are these are sites in out in Los Angeles. Yeah, that's in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. Probably
1: try and get to see them. Um, I guess is he from LA, Otto?
0: I think, yeah, I think so. Yeah, but it's you, you know, it's you, you, it's you. Don't, yeah. don't worry about Otto's backstory. No, story. I'm just it's thinking, well, no,
1: I'm just thinking sometimes they say it, it's, you know, it's good to be a tourist in your own town. Like I've not seen a lot of the sights of Liverpool, really. So I'd yeah, probably... i Yeah,
0: I mean, I was thinking that with this question, it's more interesting to explore the, the narrative of the I'd, film and what yeah, you would do differently. I'd, as would
1: the... maybe jump on the red eye go over to New right. York, see, is it CBGB's? Do the Sopranos walk-in tour?
0: Yeah, I mean, New this Jersey. is just a, this is a holiday and this is just a holiday that you, you'd you go on, isn't it? It's not really, yeah. that wouldn't make a good film. Like yeah. if I was Esteves, yeah. if I was Otter, mm. um, I'd probably just, I'd, I'd restructure Madison
1: the, Square Garden
0: site another yeah. good good site yeah. in new york um you what would you do if i was otter yeah i'd restructure the repossession company cuz i think mm. Mm. i don't I don't feel like as a business it's working as a model as a business model yeah mm. so i'd i'd maybe and i you know i think it's not because of not got the talent and the workforce there i think mm. i think the good guys i think they they're in it for the right reasons
1: would you try and attract some angel investment
0: yeah and it's the city of angels yeah so that would work city of angel investments yeah yeah and that could yeah. be one of my lines in the film
1: city of angel investments
0: guys this is the city of angels the city of angel investors yeah
1: yeah 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 i think that's good i think that's good
0: so yeah yeah uh 1984 right an important year
1: for many reasons yeah what were you
0: reasons. up to? Uh, I was mainly being, I was gestating. Right. And then latterly. In the womb? Yes. Yeah. And then latterly I was born, were being, born were in being, a, a village. Being birthed. Being birthed
1: um, in, were you east, born uh, in the village of Ransburton?
0: Sorry, no, I, my, I lived there. Um, I was born in the town of, uh, Beverly East East Yorkshire.
1: In in a hospital or a home.
0: Uh, in a in a hos in the um Beverly Westwood Hospital. Yeah.
1: To Peter and Jennifer.
0: Peter and Jennifer, yeah, and I was joined. I joined my brother James. Yeah,
1: yeah. And how was your first interaction with James? Any jealousy?
0: Uh, so James would have been four. Um, listening back to last. Week's podcast, I realized that I'd misaged him, and he's four years older than me, not okay. two. Um, so I, I assume so. Yeah, I mean, you know, there was, there was, there was. Um, it wasn't without its um antagonism. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know what that was like it, in the very in early. The, yeah, the, the seventeen days of them year that were left
1: because you were born uh, on the thirteenth of December. Correct, correct. So, was it, did it ever get physical between you and James later on in later years?
0: Eh, you know, just the 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 usual roughhousing. Yeah, yeah. Boys
1: will be boys. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I, I don't. I mean, I don't subscribe to the sort of gender gender norms. Yeah,
1: but yeah. Fair enough. I'm not Punk. the ordinary boys. You're not. You're not. Um. What was his name? Preston. Preston. You're not Preston.
0: I'm not pressed. I mean, gonna you're now. not
1: going to walk out on a BBC two BBC two TV program. F-
0: oh, sorry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, did he um, walk out? No. Did he also walk out on Channel Four? Probably. I can't.
0: No, no, I think I'm thinking of T4. the guy from Towers of London. Yeah. Um, Towers of London, who very much subscribed to the punk mm. ethos, didn't they? Mm.
1: Never mind the buzzcocks. It is all linked. Never-
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So go on. You left us on ten to hooks last last yeah, week. Yeah.
1: So I'm in St Michael's Road, Crosby. Uh, the 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 family are in checks. They can't cash, emotionally and financially. Uh, yeah. in a in a in, in a big house. Me and my brother, uh, my mom and dad. Uh. So now I'm two years old, and, um. You know. Things I guess next week is where things gonna start getting a bit more interesting because I've got a couple of first memories that I can share.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, cool.
1: But but wow. this but for now, I was intending to speak to my mum this week, but I haven't, so that I could get some information. So but I haven't done that. No. So all I know is that at two years old, uh all I would eat all I would eat were carrots.
0: Right, yeah. Okay. That's the only food I would eat. Um and do you find that you've got a specific propensity to see in the dark?
1: I'd say that I I do see really well in the dark, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm not, I don't, have like, to, to to I don't like to brag about it.
0: But do you think, um, because that's helped you so much in life, do you, do you try and feed your son, your one-year-old son, carrots. a lot of carrots? He
1: won't eat them. Well, yeah, it's just okay. interesting.
0: Well, would he understand at this age that how much it is going to help him seeing a dad? I
1: I try and tell him every every day, if not, if not every hour. But he yeah. won't have it. Yeah, he's just eating okay. pears at the moment.
0: Maybe it would help if you um, uh, put him in more dark rooms.
1: Yeah. Well, I do that at so, night time mean... when he sleeps. But I don't know whether he can see or not. Probably sleeping not. really but and the other the other thing i know about my life in 1984 is that my mum said that when my brother was about four three or four um how old would he have been at this point four or five they shared some kind of bond whereby she'd be thinking something and he'd say it or he'd reply Almost, oh, wow. you know, like yeah. psychic. I'm talking psychic connection.
0: That's interesting. Yeah.
1: She said that 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 would happen every now and again. In
0: the and is that something? Was that a short-lived thing, or did that happen more and more? As I he think it was, was I think
1: it was short-lived. More. I think it was over the space of a year or two when he was three or four or two or three, whereby, you know, there was. I guess that connection is so strong that, but but yeah, but he would like. They would, he would answer questions that she hadn't even asked him yet and stuff like that.
0: So it must have been an interesting dynamic. There was, yeah, you that could, there was your brother who could read minds and it was minds and it was you that could see in a adapt. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's almost like some kind of school for the gifted mutants or something.
0: Yeah, but yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. It's like, um, one of your, again, one of your favorite films,
1: um, Mystery, Mystery Men. Yeah, I love Mystery Men. But it was, yeah, I guess it wasn't really a school for gifted mutants. It was all the trappings of upwardly socially mobile people really wanting to be middle class. And the kind of hellscape that comes along with that materialism. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Whereas if you did focus on your... Special gifts more rather than you know the Ford Escort.
1: Yeah, who know? Well, well remember yeah. it was it, well I remember away. it was silver, I think, with a red kind of vinyl stripe going horizontally along okay, it. Yeah. Really, really, I remember swish. the vinyl stripes. Yeah, yeah. Really, really quite cool. But and, and, okay, I, well, and one more thing to say that that because I'm filling a lot of blanks here. But my mum said there was a neighbour. Actually, I won't get into that because, well, basically, it, they they would talk over the fence every now and again, and one day, he just had his appendage out of his trousers. So they stood and talked oh for about three minutes, and and he just um, had his appendage out, not not um, functioning, not. Not um, not uh, standing to not standing to attention, but just there. Mm-hmm. And she always want, I always wondered when she told me that was it a weird psychological, disgusting sort of sexual power game, where he knew what he was doing, and she was too polite to say anything, or had he genuinely just forgotten? was he sunbathing and had yeah, it out actually. and he just forgot. And then they chatted for three minutes and then he was mortified when he realized later on. And then she told my granddad, she told her dad and I think he wanted to go around there and beat him up or something, uh, he, you know, or, or her mum did or something. My grandma, my grandma. But yeah, that's all, that's all I know. Oh, and we had a tortoise. Right. Okay. We well, to- we owned a tortoise.
0: Well, stay tuned okay. because, this is that's not the last time that yeah. um, tortoises are going to feature in our really? uh, in our stories. Wow, I
1: can't wait to hear about that. Then I'll leave it
0: there. Um, okay, yeah, and let me. Can I just quickly talk about the next film we're going yeah, to watch?
1: Yeah, we'll have to do this really quick because my yeah, baby that, is also Yeah, my son.
0: So basically, I've got a, th- a short list of three, yeah. uh, three films that were made in, that were released in 1985. Shoot. Brazil yeah. by Terry Gilliam. Yeah. Lost in America. By Albert Brooks, right. and Ran by Kurosawa. I've seen Ran.
1: Is Ran based on King Lear? Yes. Seen it.
0: And you haven't seen Brazil or Lost in America?
1: No, I've just seen segments of Brazil, but I've not watched it. Do you want to know what I would have chose from those two? Yeah. What's the Albert Brooks one called? Lost in America. I would have chose that.
0: Okay. Go on. Your the, choice. the reason why I would, would I would have gone for Brazil is more because I feel like it's a film that we should have seen. Okay. Uh but I am more excited at the prospect of watching the Albert Brooks film which is highly rated. So let's go for that. Let's go for the Albert Brooks film, Lost in America. I'm
1: relieved to hear that. I'm relieved. Okay, to hear and that. I think
0: it's on Amazon. I think we can get it easily on Amazon.
1: Yeah. Because uh, I'm done with Madcap
0: yeah, well, no, this is this will be, you know, there's there's no way this is going to be wacky or zany or madcap. This is this is Albert Brooks we're talking about. Okay,
1: yeah, isn't wasn't he isn't he got a comedic aspect to him? Is he a comedian as well as serious? So it's
0: M- Mel Brooks, oh, right? Mel, Mel Brooks, Brooks, yeah.
1: Son? Okay, that sounds uh, great to me. Yeah,
0: serious. We're talking about serious. Is characters. this a
1: serious film? This America one.
0: Well, we'll find out next Pretty week.
1: Lovely. All right.
0: Okay. Look. Thanks very much. Yeah.
1: Oh, well, to who? Me or the listeners?
0: Uh, I don't know. I, <laughs> let's send it there anyway. <laughs>
1: uh, I mean, what phrase are you going to end today's today's episode with?
0: Okay, is that a? Is that a? Uh, yeah, that's a, a I'd probably feature of it? I'd probably just end end it with just by saying this: mm. Punk's not dead. It's not. And then it would be some sort of very um, aggressive Mm. punk riff Yeah, could go over the top. If we had the rights. If we had the rights. Mm. All right. Alas. Okay. Cheers, Chris. See you soon. Dog dead, (coughs)
1: dog dead,
0: dog dead, dog dead, dog dead, dog dead.